E-S-N-Y. Starting off with the preseason, Knicks fans already know. First preseason game, Detroit Pistons. Uh, shout out to the Knicks, 7 o'clock. Obviously, everybody will be tuned in for that. Um, I think we're all pretty excited about this podcast tonight. Um, what, what is turning into an annual tradition, maybe even a holiday tradition, <laughs> is prior to the NBA season, although our last pod was not necessarily prior to the NBA season, uh, we, we like to get in our hot takes. We like to get in some predictions that we think are maybe a little bold, a little out there. Um, and to do that, there's really only one person we could have on this podcast. Friend of the show, um, friend of the pod, Colin Loring, Strickland contributor. Colin, what's going on, man? How you doing? Another day in paradise. Getting ready for lockdown number two. Happy <laughs> to be here, though, man. I appreciate you guys bringing us, bringing me on. Of course. Absolutely. Um, I, I think the first place to start is uh, last March. I think that was our, our first hot takes episode. Um, it was. You know, I can't believe uh, it's almost March again. I know. I know. It's like Groundhog Day right now. It, it, it definitely does. Um, so we, we were kind of prepping for this podcast and, and Colin was like, listen, like, I'm just letting you guys know straight off the bat. I'm coming with some heat. Um, you know, definitely make sure you listen to the podcast, you know, see, see what your previous takes were. So I went back and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I think, you know, one of my decent characteristics that I have of maybe the two or three that I possess in life is that I'm pretty good at admitting when I'm wrong for the most part. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I went back to some of my takes and I was just like, hmm, you know, huh. Like, you know, it, 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 kind of something similar that I said to um, Chip after my, my Russell Westbrook take, which I'm not 100% sure is that bad. But um, I think the vino might have gotten the best mean. I don't even know if I was drinking that. I'm, I'm not sure. You were. You were. You I was. It always does, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was. Um, so w- without further ado, I'm going to kind of give the floor to Colin here. We're going to recap the first episode a little bit. Chip and I will jump in. Maybe we'll defend our takes. Maybe we won't. We might agree. And then we got a whole new batch of hot takes to start this NBA season off, which I'm sure we're all really excited to get off our chest. So without further ado, Mr. Loring, the floor is yours. Yeah. No, uh, appreciate you, Jeff. Appreciate you, Chip. Uh, Before we get started, I do have an honorable hot take uh, that I wanted to get out before we got started here. You know, speaking of the last episode. Uh, Chip, I was telling Jeff where you linked up in the Zoom, you guys have gotten a hell of a lot better at podcasting. That was that was my biggest takeaway from the last podcast, I think, was that you guys have gotten a lot better at this. 
there's I think that was our your 12th episode was the last time we did the the hot takes and this will be your 62nd so you guys have definitely come a long way you've earned a couple stripes you know chip less than Jeff but we're here uh there was just like a point in the last podcast where we were talking about Jeff just like actively, you know, Jeff like navigating to the Wi-Fi router so he can have better signal. It's like, okay, yeah, no, we, we've come a long way, guys, both of you, and uh, I'm happy to be here and, and have watched the whole thing. That's not a hot take. Yeah, not a hot take. It's not. To steal it from uh, Jalen and Jacoby, it, w- it was a pop the trunk production, and and we moved up a little bit, but uh, you yeah. know, we're we're still putting in the work. Yeah, there it is, dude. I'm, I'm pumped for you guys. Uh, no, some some interesting stuff. I, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect when I opened up that podcast today. <laughs> uh, Jeff, pretty reasonable. Pretty reasonable. But I think you know where I'm going with this. We got to talk about Alonzo Trier, man. Jeff verbatim said that he was the player on the New York Knicks with the most potential. After Mitchell Robinson, I think. I think. I don't even think you get a pass for that. Jeff. Where's Alonzo Trier playing right now? He is not signed to an NBA team. He is an unsigned NBA free agent. Wow. Would you look at that? Um, Quinn Snyder will be, out, will be out in Utah if the team doesn't advance past the first round of playoffs. Oh, that was your take? was my take. To, to Jeff's credit, they went seven games in the first round, but alas, Quinn Snyder prevails. Not honestly a terrible take. Um, Jeff, you also said Kevin Herter would be the second most important player on the Hawks. I wish I was here today to tell you that is true, but uh, no, it is not yet developed or uh, come to fruition. Maybe like third in the depth chart. Yeah. <laughs> Bogdanovich, maybe, maybe even someone else. Who knows? It's not pretty, man. They got to free my guy. Uh, and then, honestly, TBD. You know, just a glance over. Jeff said that in two years, the Cleveland Cavaliers will have the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference. No, I said, I, I think I said, um, one, one of the best, I think. All right. I forgot. I've actually got you down to saying have one of the best backcourts in the Eastern Conference. Fine. You get bailed out by the doc. You get bailed out by the Google Docs. Uh, and hey, to Jeff's credit, James Harden has not been traded yet. So it is still <laughs> a possibility. All right. Jeff, anything you want to say about that? We're going to give All you right. a moment. I do. I do want to defend myself a little bit here. Um, I'm not going to defend myself on the jazz take, even though I think of the takes that I put out there, probably the mildest of the bunch, even though Quinn Snyder, we all know is a great coach. Um, I just felt like that was a reasonable solution to a long-term plan for the Utah jazz that has not yielded the results that they want as a franchise. Now, the franchise as a whole from a decision-making standpoint is, is prudent and shrewd. And they decided, you know, Hey, we had Mike Connolly who didn't play up to Mike Connolly's standards. Um, you know, some other things happened and it's not necessarily the coach's fault. Fine. Let's, let's put that to the side. Um, the Atlanta Hawks one, that's pretty far off. I mean, that's, that's not a good take. And, it's especially not going to look good now when they have Bogdanovich, they brought in Capella, um, you know, mid-year. They now have Gallinari, um, a whole bunch of guys at the four and five position. There's a lot of guys who you could probably put over Kevin Herter. I still, li- I still really like that kid's game, and I still really think he could be a very 
productive player for even a good team. But I mean, it's very clear the way Atlanta moved this summer that that he is not going to be prioritized um, in any type of fashion at all. Um, and I'm going to move on to the Cavs take here. So, you know, I don't think that's, yeah, it's, it's not a great take, but I will say this. I do think Isaac Okoro is going to make things a little bit interesting there for Garland and Sexton. And I know a lot of Cavs fans, I've been reading a lot of Cavs Twitter here and there. I know a lot of guys are very off and on about Sexton, but I, I just have a lot of respect for a player who continues to improve despite the fact that people don't necessarily like him or like the way he fits with other players on the court. Um, I don't know. I, I, I still feel like Sexton can be a good off-ball fit. You're gonna, we're going to have to see a lot from Garland this year. Um, you know, We had somebody come on who knows the, the Cavs well, Evan Damarell, who said, you know, Garland's first year was not great at all, but, but there's a lot of potential there. And I do think Okoro being there as, as, as a guy who's going to shore up the defense, hopefully, right? He's another young 19, 20-year-old kid. Um, I'm not willing to let go of that 100% yet, even though I, I would say in terms of how bad that take is, I would say it's probably like a 7 out of 10 um, in, in, on the bad scale. Yeah, I think um, you're being hard on yourself. Maybe. I mean, maybe. One year with Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal asks out. Ends up in Cleveland. I could see it. Okay. <laughs> but now let's get to the Alonzo Trier take. So, um, it's not a good take. And I, I, I doubled down in, in a couple of different areas. I wrote articles about him. Um, I, I literally wrote in print that he had the highest potential of anyone not named Mitchell Robinson. So I put him above RJ Barrett, which at this point in present time, looks looks ghastly to use a a, a wall clyde you know uh term looks pretty ghastly looks rough um rough take old takes exposed whatever you want to say it, it's not good um i still really believe in his talent i still believe that he should be in the nba uh, i think at the very least he is a rotational player off your bench that can light it up and there is no one that can guard him i firmly believe that and i'm not willing to back off the at, that at all the only thing i'm going to say in my defense and i have to thank friend of the pod alex Trotaros for this because he literally sent me this article last night and coming on this podcast i knew i would have to defend this take and i was able to come here with a little bit of ammo not much but a little bit so he did send me an article from cleveland.com that said that the Cavs recently signed jordan bell but before they signed jordan bell they were interested in trier but the reason that Trier didn't catch on with the Cavs is because they wanted to restructure his contract. I'm not even sure if his contract from Steve Mills is, is run out at this point, but he essentially wanted more money and, and maybe more years. I don't know what, um, which is a pretty interesting position for Trier to take considering that he doesn't have a team right now. And, you know, we're deep, deep, deep into free agency. We're about to enter preseason and, you know, no one's giving out big money to free agents on, on the scrap heap right now. And, you know, uh, Trier is also repped by Clutch and, and Rich Paul. So that could be a, a thing as well. But it's clear that 
you know, there are people interested in, in Trier, but for the right price. And that's understandable from a, a basketball perspective. Um, I still really believe in the guy. I, I just think he's too talented not to be on a team. Um, but yeah, it was not a good take. Yeah, I think that's interesting with Cleveland. You know, they signed Damian Dotson as well. It's true. If, uh, if they want to be the New York Knicks farm team, I mean, Julius Randle, pack your bags, bro. <laughs> yeah, they're welcome to it. Yeah. They're yeah, welcome to being it. Yeah. Chip, I'm glad you're still here. I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. <laughs> okay. On the last episode. Colin's the host now. Yeah, I've actually taken over. There should be an email in your inbox at some point today. Uh, Chip, you did okay, man. I'm really, I, I'm really not that that upset. Uh, for whatever reason, you were just hung up on Adam Morrison for like a whole ten to twelve minutes. To start I just podcast. listened to him doing an interview on JJ Reddick's podcast. I think that's what yeah. it was. And, and, and not even that hot a take. You basically just said, uh, if he if he could have been a great player, then he could have been a great player. If he couldn't have been, then he wasn't. You know, it's it's very lukewarm, toes in the water. I don't know. It was a weird place to start. Uh, Chip said that Portland will try and trade or should trade C.J. McCollum. Uh, that has not been the case thus far. I would not scratch it off the list of possibilities in the future, but it has not happened yet. I don't think they've had any reason to do so. Uh, Chip said that Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Famer. I don't think anybody argued that. I don't think anybody here is arguing that. Jeff? People would argue that. I, he people, is right. people on the internet will argue anything. Yeah, yeah. People, people will push back on that, but I don't, I don't think uh, of, of us three, I don't think anyone is pushing back on that. No, not at all. Interesting uh, enough, just real quick to Chip's defense a little bit. Hey, um, who's the host here? Who's the host here? You, you, make, a, you make a solid point. I just want to – Please go ahead. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. One, one sec with the Adam Morrison thing. It's just interesting because – he said that about Larry Brown. And listen, it's not like any foresight. Like we all knew Larry Brown was, was nuts and a crazy coach. But if you saw that Knicks fan TV thing they did with Channing Fry, and Channing Fry essentially said Larry Brown was like senile when he was there. Yeah. Like the stuff that he did and said, you know, maybe it's not out of the realm that this young guy who who is definitely more of an introvert um, and probably – again, not to play pop psychologist, like maybe a little bit more on the sensitive side, could not deal with this like rambling dude who was like, you know, didn't know what he was doing one day to the next. I don't know. I'm not discounting that. Chip? Yeah, that's what, I mean, if he, that's what I said. Like if he had been drafted by another team, he would have been a really good player, essentially. Yeah. But you could say that about a lot of guys, but I basically use him as an example because I was listening to him talk about it and essentially kind of not shit talk Larry Brown, but kind of say some of the same things that Channing Fry was saying and talk about how toxic an environment Charlotte was for him because of Larry Brown and how he felt he could have benefited from a different fit himself. So, and shit, man, my point, the reason I brought it up was I remember now, like, he was so goddamn good in college. So, and a lot of people were split on him. And I remember being high on him coming out of college because of how good he was. So I was wrong about him. And I felt like if he had gotten drafted by a different team, he would have been really, really good. But that didn't work out. His confidence was shot after Charlotte. There was no way he was going to be good with the Lakers with yeah. all that spotlight on him. It's a real thing. I, mean, I think we've all seen it. Uh, yeah. And, and then Chip's spiciest take, honestly, was that Chris Paul's 
going to be a top five point guard of all time, uh, which at this point I'm, I'm not ready to uh, shut down or shoot down. I I'm say. not sure he already isn't. I'm trying to think. So if they we get, talked about it. If, it is, if he – listen, if he becomes – one of the greatest hired guns of all time and brings Phoenix to the playoffs after he brought the thunder to the playoffs. Like, yo, this guy's legend is going to grow exponentially. Like, uh, I'm, I don't know, man, Chris Paul being one of the five greatest point guards of all time. I mean, I, I forgot who we even put on that list last time besides magic, Zeke, uh, magic, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Curry's on there for me. Curry. Yeah. Curry. I think Chip wanted to say Nash, but he didn't. I don't know. Is is Wall Clyde on there, or is that is that too? You talked. You brought that up on the pod too, Wall Clyde. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Again, just another thing that I don't think you're going to find people that just hate Chris Paul. They're going to want to debate that right now. But I think most well, people because he doesn't have a ring. It yeah. hasn't been decided. Yeah. Uh, Oscar. Yeah. Didn't see him play, so that's no, I know I it's yeah. just got potential. Yeah. Uh, and then look, dude, I'm uh, I'm honest. I keep it, you know, as the kids say, 100. Uh, I've got I've got my takes here as well. You know, I'm I'm ready. Uh, anything you guys want to say about them? I'm right here. I'm listening. My ears are open. Uh, well, inter- I, interestingly enough, of of all of the takes that we put out, yours with the Rockets was literally the only one that is potentially closest to coming true it's uh, funny i wasn't even going to mention that but if you guys want to talk about it <sighs> we can so that's yeah. why you wanted to do this yeah i mean <laughs> i didn't even have it i mean i will say this no i i, I you know i gotta give my man colin credit here you know this is march of uh of yeah 2020 but um you know very early on and he put it in writing before he came on the pod and talked about it the pot- the potential of James Harden getting traded if things didn't go well in the playoffs and then everything getting cleaned house. Dan, Dantoni, Morey. Um, everything, yeah. And and two out of the three of those aforementioned people are gone. Yeah, and they also traded Covington. You know? yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't know where they go from here. Uh, and Tucker's on the way out too because they won't pay. I believe so based on his, based on his press and, and his media stuff that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing I said was that John Wall would be an all-star in the Eastern Conference, and if he was in the Eastern Conference, I'd stand by that. But the the guard position is is too heavy in the West. Um, I think that a lot of people, whether it be because the standard is so low or just because it's been so long since we've seen him play, will be surprised um, by what John does in Houston. Uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of film, and and I think he looks really good. Uh, athleticism. The ability to move laterally, his ups, uh, everything looks relatively sound to where I would say he's probably seventy-five percent minimum right now, and that is a very good NBA player. I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I'm 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 rooting for him. I was never a big John Wall guy or John Wall hater. I, I just always saw talent. I think the one playoff series I loved, and I didn't even love this guy as a coach, but when Whitman was the coach. And they went in there with Nene and I don't know, maybe Otto Porter. They just, they had like this real grinded break you down team, despite the fact that they had John Wall as a point guard and they actually played pretty good defense. And I remember, I think they made it to the second round that year, somewhat surprisingly. 
Um, or they took some team to a seven-game series or a six-game series. I forget what it was, but – They made their mark enough because you're still sitting here talking today, right? Yeah. And that was what – that's. I couldn't believe that they did the Westbrook trade. I understand it, but I think it's less about, you know, Westbrook and Wall and more about where Wall and Beal stood or, or where Wall stood with, you know, with the ownership and front office. Uh, I think Wall and Westbrook is generally a relatively even swap maybe Houston gets the upper hand if Wall's 100%. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's weird. But, no, uh, I'm I'm ready. Chip, Jeff, sh- should we move on? I mean, should we bury these takes in the past where they belong? Or We can uh, – uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to bury them. I'm, ready I'm, to- I'm open if you guys are. Yeah. I'm ready to never have my name attached to them again, um, yeah. besides the fact that this has been recorded. <laughs> I don't – I agree on everything except my Chris Paul take. I think I'm I'm attaching my name to that and my Lowry take. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm with that too. Um, all right, let's 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 do this. Uh, Chip, I want you to start us off with your first hot take. Um, I'll go I'll go after you, Chip, and then Colin will fi- finish us off in the first round, and uh, we'll kind of work backwards from there if that works. Well, I forgot about your Utah Jazz take, so I didn't realize we were going to talk about the Utah Jazz already. But uh, my first one is the Utah Jazz missed the playoffs. That's and uh, yeah, which I know may seem kind of surprising, but the Jazz had a lot of overhaul. Uh, they lost. It wasn't just uh, Perrin and Johnny Bryant that they lost. They lost another key assistant staff member, uh, new owner. I feel like they had a lot of I know Donovan Mitchell got paid and that money heals everything. But there was a lot of issues going on with Mitchell and Gobert. And I feel like overall, the most important thing, and Bogdanovich is going to be coming back from injury, but wrist on the, hmm? it was his wrist. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he was out for a long time. He hasn't played in a while. Yeah. That's a, that's a dangerous, uh, that's a dangerous injury. He's so good. He's so good from deep. Yeah. He's huge for them. And Conley is another year older. He didn't look great last year. Didn't look like himself. And the most important thing to me is they always start out slow. So how's that going to play off in a shortened season? Like they did the same thing last year. They started out like 12 and 10, and then they ripped off a five-game win streak. They were okay again, and then they ripped off a 10-game win streak. And then everybody's like, okay, the Jazz are fine. It doesn't matter that Mike Conley's average doesn't matter that they were average for a majority of the season up until now. Like, I feel like that happens every single year and we never talk about it and they just beat up on the bad teams. So how's that going to play in a shortened season? I don't know. And look, there's 10 teams competing, 10 good teams competing for eight playoff spots in the West. Maybe if you consider the Timberwolves a legitimate contender, I guess you could say 11. I don't really consider them a legitimate contender but one good team is going to miss out on the playoffs so i don't think it's totally crazy to say that the jazz could be that team what do you guys think i don't think so at all um big loss uh manuel moutier is not coming back <laughs> that's uh that's probably where i'd start i mean how that affects their point guard rotation Great quinn guy too. yeah quinn snyder's got his hands full obviously um, I don't think that Conley is ever going to be better than he was last year. I think he may be, you know, slightly more revised, slightly more efficient, 
you know, shooting wise, but I don't think he gets any better than that. And they made no other moves this offseason besides bringing back Derek Favors, which is, as far as I'm concerned, is just a precursor to, you know, a potential, you know, uh, it's so this happened on the last podcast. I'm going to get this right this time. The young man that plays for the Jazz that hurt his wrist, his name is. Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, Boyan. Bogdanovich as well. That's I'm confirming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bogdan and Boyan are Bogdan Bogdanoviches. And Boyan. Okay. They're both Bogdanoviches. Yeah. No, the favors thing seems like a precursor to uh Bogdanovich not coming back hundred percent, as well as hey, things might get dicey again between Mitchell and Gobert. If we need to dump him, we can get another, you know, borderline, you know, starting center and maybe add a little bit of shooting. Uh, and, and the West is just such a mess. I was looking at it today in, in preparation of this. Uh, I really don't know which team's going to miss and, and which team's going to make the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I, I think that's a decent take, Chip, especially with the Suns getting better. I mean, somebody has to be out, you know? Uh, somebody has to – and, you know, who knows who knows what Sacramento is going to look like this year as well. I just think that, um, I think Sacramento knows what they're going to look like. I was talking more about the Grizzlies and the Pels, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, <laughs> I mean, you know, those, those teams will be better, but I'm just, you know, I, it's going to be tough. The Western conference is going to be tough. I'm, you know, and I could see, um, like you said, if they start off slow, it, it might not necessarily, uh, carry over. Um, okay. So let me let me transition over to my my first hot take here. Um, I don't know how hot it is. I think it's the the mildest of my hot takes, but you got to build it up. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I'll I'll say this. I I just wrote uh, an article for the Playgrounder about the Dallas Mavericks, and I think there's a very good chance that Luka Doncic will be the MVP this year. Um, and I just feel like the Mavs team, especially since Porzingis is going to be out in the beginning of the year, um, I think just means that Luca is going to be literally flamethrower for the first month or whatever it is. Um, I like the addition of Josh Richardson to shore up the defense, um, I love the fact that they drafted Tyrell Terry. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who else they brought on as well. Josh Green, the young kid out of Arizona, Tyler Bay. I just think that this kid, what we saw despite just six games in the playoffs before they got ousted um, by the Clippers, he he's on another level. And I just I just think that I don't care how Giannis plays this year. And I do think that this issue, whatever's going on in Houston will definitely affect Harden's MVP candidacy. And it will definitely affect his MVP candidacy if he gets traded to Brooklyn. So I think that puts Luca in a prime position. LeBron is getting older. I know he's still the man until he's not, but something's going to change. I just feel like this kid is on the, the precipice of, not just greatness because he's already great, but, but just phenom. Um, and I think this is going to be the year he gets MVP. Wow. That'd be, has there ever been a, an MVP that young? Derek Rose, I, I, youngest. Rose was, I feel like yeah, Luke Derek younger Rose, than Rose. Wasn't Luke is, 
Oh, Rose came out as a freshman, right? So, yeah. Wow. No, I I don't think that's even that hot a take. I think a lot of people would agree with you that that could happen because he's just going to put up such crazy numbers at the beginning of the season that it wouldn't be such a huge surprise. He's going to take so many shots and get so many assists. He's going to put up ridiculous numbers. So I wouldn't Chip, be some. What I've got to give you your flowers, man. What? Luka Doncic is currently younger than Derrick Rose was when he won the MVP. Now I think he'll be 22 by the time he gets the award. Maybe. Good call. Yeah, well, I remember Rose was an baby. older freshman. Yeah, because I. Yeah he's, yeah, he's a February baby, so it depends on when they announce it, but. Uh, yeah, good call. I didn't realize he was only 21. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I I think even without I, – I don't buy this – I don't buy the take that uh, Dallas is going to struggle to make the playoffs without Porzingis, so I don't think that'll be an issue. Like Luka not having like a top four or five seed to be able to get in there. So I think he's going to be fine on that front. I think he'll end up being like a Harden, LeBron-type guy where you can just put – for any four guys around him and they'll make the playoffs no matter what. And I, sorry, I didn't mean to put Harden and LeBron in the same sentence. It was just like Harden just has whatever cast around him and he just makes the playoffs is how it seems, you know? It's true. But yeah, yeah. I, I think Doncic for MVP is a good pick. I'll be interested to see what the Mavericks do this year. Um, I've got them penciled in as a playoff team. Absolutely. Uh, I want to see how to Ty- how does Tyrell Terry look? Oh my god! More I so, see him more so than Josh. Uh, it's Josh Green, right? He just yeah. fell into their fucking lap, dude. Terry. Yeah, I swear. And and I'm not, you know, we're not. I'm not. I, we're not going on a next tangent. But you know, we did pick Emmanuel quickly over him. And I love I, Emmanuel quickly. He seems like a great kid, great shooter. Yeah, yeah. But, like but but man, if Tyrell Terry starts to look good, I'm just gonna be just face palm, man. Big time face. Yeah. The only thing I would say is I don't think that without Kristaps Porzingis that they're better than they were last year. So it's if, if they're going to be that good, it's going to be because Doncic pushed them there. And if that's the case, then he's definitely going to be in the MVP conversation. Um, they lost Seth Curry, which I think is notable. Um, he's going to he's going to be huge for Philly. Uh, and then what they, they added Richardson, who's not a great shooter by any means. The defense will be fine. Uh, but you've got to complement that with the right amount of shooting around him and Doncic. And then without Porzingis, you know, he's got a deep shot, if nothing else, even if he's 60, 70%. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like. Uh, but no, for right now, yeah, I've got, I've got them penciled in as a playoff team. And, and, and if that's the case, then Doncic should absolutely be an MVP candidate, if not win it, depending on how high they reach. Colin, we're going to hand it over to you. All right. Starting off with the, with the Buffalo, the, the mild sauce. Um, I don't think this is a hot take by any means, but it's not something that I've seen talked about at all. So I wanted to get on paper with it. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs are going to miss the playoffs for a second consecutive season. Uh, no one no one has talked about that. As, as much as a big deal it was that they missed the playoffs last year, no one is talking about the fact that they're going to miss them again this year. As Chip said, you've got 10 teams – um, nine teams, depending on how you qualify, you know, good or great teams competing for eight playoff spots. And, and the Spurs are just not going to be there. Uh, for some reason, DeMar DeRozan is still on the roster. I thought we learned this offseason that there is no immovable contract, but apparently uh, him and Popovich 
either really like each other or uh, Popovich is too stubborn to accept the, the cut rate, you know, compensation. Um, and then, and then LaMarcus Aldridge still plays a prominent role on that team. And at this point in time, I just don't think it's helping them at all in that, in that race for an eight seed. Well, Jeff, we had a Spurs writer on here and he said the Spurs, he doesn't think will ever blow it up as long as pop is there. Right. Yeah. That was the, yeah. the main thing, you know, that the main takeaway there is that, <laughs> Um, cause what, 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 what age is he turning to? Like, what is, what's in like 70? He's in his seventies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that it's either this year and next or, or something like that. And, and then maybe there's an understanding that he, he walks away into the sunset, you know, gets his flowers, um, you know, kind of like a, a Kobe last season tribute, but yeah, I, um, I, I could definitely see that. Um, I don't even, I mean, I like their young players. We, we, that Spurs guy that we talked to Noah, um, I'm a, I, I'm a Lonnie Walker fan. I like Lonnie Walker, you know, even Keldon Johnson had some really good spurts during last season. DeJounte Murray obviously came back from injury, but I just don't know that either of those three guys are going to make big enough jumps to make the type of impact that they need to make in a very difficult conference. Um, and yeah, that the majority of their usage and majority of shots are still going to come from LaMarcus and, and DeMar and whatever you want to say about those guys. I think sometimes they get hated on a little bit too much, but there's a ceiling with those with a team that has those guys as your best player. And right. in the Western Conference, that ceiling, unfortunately, is not going to be high. So I, I think, yeah, I, I could totally buy into that, that they will miss the playoffs again. Yeah, yeah. before we jump, 72 games. How many do we have the Spurs winning? I'm legitimately interested because I haven't taken a peek at their schedule. I just I don't think it matters at that low of a – Just out of curiosity, Colin, do you know how many games they won last year? I do not. I can tell you in 20 seconds. Yeah, just, just real quick. That'll kind of – influence a little bit on what I pick, but. All right. The San Antonio Spurs won 32 games and that yeah, is out of I mean, what? I'm 71. Gonna, I mean, dude, I can't really, I don't know, Chip, what do you think that I don't, I can't really see them winning much more than 35 or 37 games. I mean, if that, right, like maybe that's yeah, I'm 35 shocked that is high. 35 is high. I mean, I mean, I know we're giving them the Spurs bump, but if they had any, if that roster was on the Orlando Magic, we'd be saying that team would be lucky to win 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. This will be the closest the Knicks and Spurs have been in the win loss column yeah. in a long time. You're right. That may, that may be a good Photoshop banner for Twitter. Note itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll put that in the yeah, no, that, that's where I'm at. You know, it sucks. Uh, they got Vassell, they got Trey Jones. I would have loved for both those guys to be on the Knicks again. We're they're not very play. Spursy, yeah, very Spursy. Uh, but they're just they're they're not ready, and uh, it's it's not going to be this year for them as far as getting back to the playoffs. No, if they top they top out at thirty wins, I think between twenty five and thirty, yeah. and that doesn't even get you into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference now. No, and I mean the Toronto Raptors saw you can only go so far with uh, with a guy in Demar Derozan who won't shoot threes as your first or second option. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I agree with you, Con. I'm surprised they didn't even try and trade to Rosen. Yeah. It felt like they, 
tried to, or at least considered trading LaMarcus Aldridge for the Warriors pick. From there was, yeah, there was enough noise around that where I thought it was legit, but we heard yeah. nothing at all about the Rosen. Um, Maybe no one wanted him. Maybe no one there, wanted him. Who knows? You'd be shocked. I doubt that's the case. I, I don't know. Uh, he makes a lot of money, but like there was a lot of noise. But he had a player option as well, so he should have. He could have declined. If there was a big deal, a la Gordon Hayward, uh, yeah. from a shit team. I don't know. It'll be again, you know, something to revisit next summer. I think uh, his market will be a little bit bigger than we expected. It won't be huge, but uh, yeah, I just I can't believe he's still going to be a spur to to start the season. His market is going to be really interesting because he doesn't shoot threes and he's going to want to start. Yeah, and he doesn't shoot threes, but he he shoots a, uh, his greatest value is scoring. <laughs> like so, he's not a playmaker. That's going to be just- very interesting. Demar Derozan's free agency. Yeah, he he's a freak athlete. He can pass the ball and. Uh, I think there will be a couple of teams in line for that, but I could talk about DeRozan for, I don't know, three, four hours if you guys let me. So. Um, I think I'll take uh, I'll take Mike from you for, for my next hot take here. Um, this is also, I don't think, a, a, a super hot take, but I do think that as fans, we get a little bit too caught up in the off season. We start, you know, putting out playoff spots there and- um, Pop my bubble, Jeff. Let's hear it. No, Pop my bubble. I, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think you're thinking of the team that, that I'm thinking of. Um, it's actually a team that I think got some fairly universal praise. Um, I just don't think they're going to be as good as everyone thinks that they are. I do think they'll be a playoff team, but I do not think the Atlanta Hawks are going to be a – a top five, top six seed. I think it's maybe seventh or eighth. And this is this is what I'm thinking. Um, I love Trey Young. I'm not a Trey Young hater. Um, that kid is unbelievably talented, and, and I think he's great. Um, I think he can be the engine of a really good team. Um, I love the addition of Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari has played well in a bunch of different places. Um, and I, and I think he's good. But bringing Bogdanovich onto that team, in theory, is is really good. A guy that can shoot from the standstill position, shoot off movement. Um, I really believe that this team just skipped a bit, way too many steps in their development. And the expectations as an organization, they're not really ready for them. And there, there are minutes that they're going to have to figure out from the three, four, and five position between Cam Reddish, Gallinari, Capella, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Onyeka Okongwu. It's going to be very, very interesting to see who makes it and who is upset with not making it. And I think it's going to be, I think it's honestly going to get to the point where there might be some very lukewarm results in the beginning. And I think it could even get to the point where Lloyd Pierce could be mentioned as somebody who's on the hot seat because this, I'm, I'm telling you this team, they, I think next to Portland and maybe a couple of other teams were considered as a team that had a great off season in terms of additions. I just think that they're going to have a lot of expectations and I don't see them, um, meeting them as quickly as people are going to want them to that you gentlemen say 
Jeff, I want you to take that thought about Portland. I want you to stick it right here. I'm going to be back on that. Okay. Oh, this guy. I'm going to be back on that. Of course um, that, That's what we call, in the business call a tease. Yeah. No, it absolutely is because uh, I just don't have the energy at this moment. I'm so distracted by the Atlanta thing. Uh, that was one of my takes is that they're not going to make the playoffs. So Atlanta's not going to make the playoffs? Really, Colin? You don't think they're going to make the playoffs? No. I'm giving them at least a seventh or eighth seed, but I think Washington's going to be in there too. No, and here's here's where I'm at. And I think, honestly, you said it best, and it may not even be something that directly translates to the on-court product, but they just definitely did not – no sense of patience. Uh, I listened to the low post with uh, – not the executive. It may have been Kevin Pelton, uh, but they were talking about the Hawks, and they were saying, look, clear-cut message from the front office. We're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Or yeah. everybody is going to be filing for unemployment. Yes. Like, and that's fine, but that doesn't mean that you just grab every name that's, that's household cool. level that's available. Danilo Gallinari, do I love the addition? Absolutely. Do I love the addition if John Collins and Onyeka Okongwu are already there with Clint Capella? No, I hate it. They're going to bring him off the bench. First of all, what is Gallinari – what do you tell him when you put him on that floor? Now, he's agreed to come off the bench, right? What do you tell him to do on the floor when you don't know, you have no idea – what you have in Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. There is no game planning around the unknown. This year should have been the last year in what is, fuck it, roll everybody onto the floor. We'll see who progresses and who doesn't, and then we make that decision next offseason. Instead, they rushed it because they're the Hawks. They are cursed that they are an Atlanta sports team. I get it, but an unreasonably just – what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. I lost it. Hold up. No, no, no. It's all right, Colin. But I'll give you a minute to think on that. You know what this reminds me of? And, you know, all three of us are, are Mellow supporters on this pod. When, when Mellow came out after his last Thunder season, and he essentially told the media that, you know, when they brought me here, there, there wasn't really any plan involved. Like, there was no plan for how to use me. There was no plan for, like, okay, this is where you're going to get your shots from. Like, whatever. They're like, we're just going to add you to this team with Russ and PG. Like you guys will figure it out. Like, that's kind of what this feels like. Like if you're going to put like Gallo's best position is a stretch four. So when he's a four, what's John Collins doing? What's DeAndre Hunter doing? What's Onyeko Okongwu like? Okay. Okongwu is a five. What's Cam Reddish doing? Like Reddish could be a, a, a really good stretch four. I know he played a lot at the three. So now if you put Gallo to the three to make minutes for either Collins or, or Reddish, is, is Gallo now going to be affected by that? Because if he has to guard opposing threes on, on the perimeter, he's, he's probably going to get burned. I mean, like he might be a serviceable defender, but I, I, I can't say 100% that he is. So it just seems like, Colin, you, you said it best. Like it seems like they, they put a lot of just stuff on the wall and they're expecting, expecting it to work really well. I just, I really don't know that it, it's going to. This all seems like the Daryl Morey school of thought where just get as much talent as you possibly can and hope it works. Yeah. That's it's coming from there. Yeah. But they also didn't pay like seven first round picks to do it. That's what makes no. it worse. They were yeah. in a position to make big moves and this is what they came up with. It's partially the Maury method. And it's also, Holy shit. Our best player signed with rich Paul. He's going to request a trade like Anthony Davis did. Cause rich Paul's guys don't play in Atlanta. 
we it's need to get to the fucking playoffs so he doesn't get pissed off and demand a trade because we can't lose Trey Young. That's what that's what it feels like to me. Like it's it's reminiscent of Minnesota trading for D'Lo to make Towns happy so he has somebody to play fucking video games with. That's except they spent $160 million Atlanta instead of just making a dumbass trade for D'Angelo Russell like the Timberwolves did. I agree. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's worse than the Knicks. What about the biased opinion has the bar set so low and I don't mean the Hawks as a team. I just mean their overall process and and how they handled this offseason as an organization. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish. I look at Cam Reddish kind of like a Kelly Oubre type to your point, Jeff. Um, He's got the athleticism to play the four. I'd be interested to see what that looks like. Uh, But, but those guys and then Gallinari, Okungwu, you just added Clint Capella. And they made these moves without seeing what Trey Young and Clint Capella look like on the floor. And Capella's signed for like two or three more seasons. That's the other piece. It's not oh, like an expiring deal. Yeah. Like he's, it's he's on the books. Yeah. Contract. And John Collins, it's time for his new contract. They're trading. What's going to happen? You but would that's, think. That's the but thing. but that's here the, we, it kills their leverage because they signed so many power forwards and they have so many versatile bigs that now. Everyone and their mother knows that Collins is expendable. So now you just killed your leverage in whatever deal you want to try and get for him. I don't know, man. I I saw a lot of – I saw some small slander, some Travis Schlenk slander on the TL, and I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like maybe he's not that great. Like I just – I saw upgrades from a talent perspective, and on the surface it kind of makes sense, but I just don't see the fit – and the minutes working out, like, I, I I don't know. Yeah, it just also makes no sense, period. I don't know when you sign up to be, you know, an Atlanta, you know, executive. Do you sign a waiver saying that you'll only make moves that hinder or cripple the franchise's progress? Um, it seems like they're doing these, you know, making these moves under duress, you know, gun at the head. I don't know, knife at the neck. I don't get it. Uh, they also signed – Rajon Rondo and Chris Dunn to make things even more complicated. I don't Why think does Chris that make Dunn, things complicated. Chris Dunn is not a third string point guard, number one. And number two, I think they gave Rajon Rondo more money than he was owed. They were nervous about the, you know, their the level of, of defensive effort in the backcourt. So they went and signed two guys who can do that. But unless you play the perfect lineups around them, your offense is really going to struggle from a shooting perspective when they're on the floor. Uh, how much honest to God great shooting do you have on the floor with that lineup? You've got Trey Young. Cam Reddish did not look good at all shooting wise, and he had a great free throw percentage, which is hilarious. John Collins shot 40%, but again, does he enter a holdout situation? Gallinari can do okay from three. Okay. Kevin Herter. What did what did Gallinari shoot last year? 37, 36? 37, but I, I don't know what his catch and shoot numbers are off the top. Exactly. Of my head. Yeah, and that's the thing too. How much is Gallinari going to have the ball in his hands? Is that why they put him on the bench? I just fear for Atlanta fans that what's going to happen is that the Hawks have backed themselves into a corner with their cap outlook because they gave all these contracts out that they're just going to say, fuck it and roll the dice and sign Collins to a four-year deal anyways, because what's the worst thing that could happen? They're already not going to have cap space for the next two, three, potentially four seasons. What's the worst thing that could happen? We might as well sign him to an extension now, and then if we want to trade him, we'll trade him later. Well, who are they saving the cap space for? 
No, absolutely. It's Atlanta. I get it. But that doesn't mean that you lock yourself into what is an already island of misfit toys of a fucking roster for the next three to four years. Well, the other thing is, too, I don't know what that ownership is like in terms of paying. Um, and then after this, I, I think we got to move on to the next we one. We do. We do. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know what they're like with paying a luxury tax, but okay, Trey Young's extension is going to come in soon too. Soon. Like, obviously you can go over the cap to sign him, but still, I, I don't know if their ownership are, are going to be like, yeah, listen, like I'll pay it, like whatever, just go out there and win <laughs> or not. But they're going to be giving uh, people a bunch of money. Like they're based they're, on, based on what just happened. I'm guessing they don't have a problem spending this ownership <laughs> based on what the right team just that. did. It's spending, but it's also spending combined with what the results of what you're getting. And I think that's yeah. what that's kind of pointing at. They're not going to pay this for long if the results are 33 wins in the Eastern Conference. Like every single owner in the history of the NBA. So yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Chip, you're up next. Okay. Well, my take actually relates directly into the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> and it wasn't about their uh, playoffs. It was about uh, Trey Young. And I actually think Trey Young can have an amazing season. I think he's going to be uh, lead the league in scoring and assists next year. Whoa, that is a hot take, Chip. Shit, okay. Yeah. Wow. Colin just got up and left his seat. Oh, good. Hopefully he doesn't come back. Uh, <laughs> last year he was fourth and he was in a scoring and he was second in assists. Yeah, and he was, yeah, he was definitely up there. And look, Harden averaged 34, 34 points a game last year. He was first by a mile. He's been untouchable in points forever. Yeah. And I mean, if he gets straight to Philly or Brooklyn, all of a sudden uh, leading the league in points, uh, the points lead is attainable again. So I think it's and he's going to be playing with better players. So now he's going to be able to get more assists. I just think it's it's possible. I mean, it's it's only been done a few times before. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Jerry West, Tiny Archibald, Oscar Robertson. So it hasn't been done a lot, obviously. But, yeah, I think he's capable of doing it. He's going to take a ton of shots, make a ton of threes, and get a lot more assists. So, like I said, he's playing with better players. I think it's possible. Yeah, I, uh, I I I like that take actually. Um, if that was a prop bet, Chip, I would uh, I don't know. I, I might I might encourage you to put some put a couple shekels on there. That that's that's not a bad. I one. would. I uh, listen, man. I I if push comes to shove, do I think it's gonna happen? Probably not. But just because I think that the talent that they added just will take away from his usage a little bit and his production, but. Damn. I mean, if there's a person who can do it, that's not named James Harden or Luca, it's definitely Trey Young. He's a volume scorer. Um, his assist numbers are high. And yeah, why not? Why not Trey Young? Trey Young has gotten better every year he was in the league. I don't understand how anyone tried to make an argument that he wasn't an all-star last year. Um, yeah, I, why not? I think Trey Young could, could definitely do that. Colin has returned. Go ahead. Sorry, I was extreme nausea and just some other stuff. Uh, 
Real? That's okay. I mean, Chip, that's wanted Chip to be spicy. He was fourth in scoring last year and second in assists. Chip, he is right about that. Here's where we're going to stop this conversation, or we're going to keep it going. How many people in NBA history have ever won the scoring and the passing title in the same season? Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Jerry West, Tiny Archibald, and Oscar Robertson. Okay. Where does Trey Young fit categorically with those guys that you're saying and making this claim? Nowhere near any of them yet. He doesn't have the athleticism. He's got a roster that is stuffed with too many Oh, yeah, Jerry West, an amazing athlete. (laughs) That was also how long ago? I'm focusing more on Westbrook and Harden. Look at this. And Jeff just brought it up. I heard it from behind the computer where I was pretending to be vomiting. They just put so many different players on this roster that the team's entire fate is dependent upon Trey's ability to pass the ball and not take shots that are contested or bad looks. How can he win the scoring title when his job is literally to become a premier floor general and get these guys open on the floor because they've already got too many mouths to feed? It's how am I going to get Danilo Gallinari shots? How am I going to get Cam Reddish shots? Kevin Herter. How am I going to get John Collins' his usual looks while tossing up lobs to Clint Capella? Maybe his scoring stays the same. That's a hot take in my opinion. Maybe his scoring stays the same. If you would have just said he leads the league in passing, I would have just – I would have taken it. That's fine. If he leads the league in assists, you got my word. Whatever. It's fine. I won't give you shit. He's not going to lead the league in scoring and an assist this season unless they trade you know, everyone away for cash considerations. With all of the threes he makes, I, you don't think there's any possibility? I could care less. I could care less. You don't think there's any possibility it could happen. I'm watching hair grow on your chest as we discuss this. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a bold decision you made, but dude, holy fuck. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like yeah, you back this up. I, well, a little bit. I back it up from this sense. If you're a betting man and and you want to take a risk on a, on a take that has some merit, that'll that'll have a nice payout. I'd I'd put some money on it. Yeah, and it has a nice payout because it's physically impossible. No, well, physically I mean, impossible. It's been done before. It's six it's like, times. Will Trey Young ever be an MVP chip? Answer me that right now. Well, I, probably not. Well, I listen, guys. I, I, but okay, Colin, what do you what do you think? Why do you think Trey Young? All right, if you had to put a percentage, because I'll give you mine. I, well, Russell Westbrook shouldn't have an MVP, so we could argue that. I, I think I think Trey Young. I personally, my percentage at whether I think Trey Young will be a future MVP in this league or not. Now, there's a lot of great young players. I'm gonna put it at. Listen, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a forty percent chance. At what Chip claimed, or winning MVP? No, winning MVP at some point in his career. Really? Yeah. I tell you what, you surround him with, you know, four guys in both the first and second unit that can play just some of the most incredible defense you've ever seen, and can knock down a league average from three, and I can sign up for forty percent. But right now, with the roster as it stands, they are nowhere close to that. So, Chip, do you think 40% is too high? For the MVP? Yeah. Probably a little bit too high. Okay. But 
I I still think there's a possibility that he gets the MVP. I'm not as down on him as Colin is. Yeah, I and, love Trey Young, but I've got something coming out for the Strickland later, uh, potentially this week. On you know, I've got I've got no hurt feelings about us missing out on him in the draft. No hurt feelings at all. Oh my God, Colin! Sorry, guys. Uh, you say you're not down on him, and then you say that. Yeah. I've, I've got no hurt feelings. I don't lose sleep over the fact that Trey Young plays in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, Jesus Christ. How? It's Chip, are you done? Because this ties directly into my next take. Yeah, Colin, you're Yeah, because I got to hear this now. I mean, it's, it's like a transition. Like, we may have to get, like, a whiteboard out and, like, do the – or, like, Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Grab the ribbons. No, don't, no, don't ruin, don't sully. It's always sunny in Philadelphia by tying it into blank canvas nonsense here. you're about to say. Got a blank canvas here and some permanent markers. It's easy. Oh my god! My next hear about take, how you'd rather have Kevin Knox than Trey Young now. I never said that. Next season, Damian Lillard will be an MVP finalist, and the Portland Trailblazers will be a top three team in the Western Conference. See, I'm kind of on board with your first take. I'm not. They're not. They're, they are exclusive. They go together. They're That's fine. Team. That's fine. Chip and I were actually talking about this. I don't know if it was last week. I am not buying Portland winning the offseason. Uh, don't get me wrong. I just I don't love, get that. I love adding Rocco. Um the most overrated three and D player in yeah, the NBA. He kind of, he oh, and I don't worship the ground that he walks upon by any means. But there's he's a good, yeah. He's a but people do, you have, yeah. People do worship him like yeah. he's, yeah. Okay, so you have Nurkic coming back, which is obviously really good. Uh, Nurkic already came back. You just have Nurkic. No, I know, but for a full. I'm just saying, there's a big difference. No. Yeah, but but so okay, Collins, you're gonna hope to get something. I'm, I'm honestly discounting him almost completely. Okay. Um, Why is that? I, Colin, who else did they, they bring back? Can I just, or, I'm going to save everybody a lot of time. I'm just going to give my spiel, and then you guys can have the floor for like 12 minutes. I think this is the best roster that Damian Lillard has ever played with, walking into next season. Their biggest needs last season, offensive rebounding, because Hassan Whiteside is a complete slob. And extra defensive pressure, particularly in the athleticism department. Who have they added this offseason? I know we all hate Ennis Cantor. I get I it. I don't hate him. But do you not think that he's going to get more offensive rebounds than Hassan Whiteside? The answer to the que- that question is yes. They also brought in Harry Giles, they brought in Derek Jones Jr., they brought in Robert Covington. Defensive emphasis. They brought Rodney Hood back. They've got the shooting. They brought Mello back. They've got their vet in the locker room who's still putting up 12, 15 a night this season. I want that as a prop bet. This roster is rounded, in my opinion, about as close as a roster can be. And I'd be, I'm, I'm open to arguments, but Dame finished last season averaging 30 points per game. People forget that because of the, you know, four game sweep against LeBron. Nurkic came in late last year. They lost Zach Collins. So, again, at this point, to me, he's a net neutral. 
if they get him and he's positive, fine. If they get him and he's negative, okay. Um, I'm trying to discount him. But their rotations are, are pretty uh, – they're pretty tough, I think. Uh, I think Dame's going to keep it going. And, I, and I'm not counting on C.J. McCollum, you know. C, uh, that's, that's Chip's guy. I'm not counting on him. But I think that for the first time we will get a continuous Dame. An, an entire season of that 30 points per game and not the extra 50 and 40-point games here and there that make that happen. I think the roster that they built is it, it's it's playoff ready, it's championship ready. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? So they're the third seed in this scenario. So yeah. the only two teams in the West that finish ahead of them are the LA teams. No. Oh, so you got other teams finishing ahead of the LA. Okay. Well, the, the Lakers, obviously. Denver. Okay. okay, I'm with that. I've got. Lakers, Denver, Portland, Clippers. I, I can't. I can't get on board with with Portland at three. I respect it. I Portland I, at three is high. Yeah, but I, I'm with Denver at two. Is what I'm saying. I will. I will say this. I do think that in a way that a team can build around a, a, an elite isolation scorer, a la the way the 76ers kind of built around Iverson. Like, I do like the way that Portland is building around him. Like, you do have guys that fit into roles, in theory. Um, I just think they need more. They need more firepower, man. Like the West. Yeah. Where? The, where, Jeff? Dude, okay, here's my thing. And I. And where, I, I swear, Jeff? I okay, Colin. Here, here's my thing. And I swear, Chip, this is not nothing against Harry Giles. I swear, <laughs> like. Harry Giles, but we all, listen, we all fawned over Harry Giles last year, and I really like the player too, but we can't just assume that because he had, you know, an an above average production for, you know, playing on the Sacramento Kings as a, as a guy that, you know, fell out of favor in various other types of situations that he's just going to fit into the Portland Trailblazers roster and be, like this rotational, you know, plus, I I don't know. And then hood, I like hood. I mean, I think he's a good catch and shoot player. I think he can get his own shot. Um, But I just think, man, dude, when you look at, when you look at what the Lakers did this off season, minus the Harold edition for me. um, And then, you know, even, even, even though the Clippers didn't add more, but Serge, Serge Ibaka, I think is a huge addition for that team. Um, and even, even some of the smaller moves, like even Dallas, I thought had a really solid off season. Like, I just don't see Portland jumping five spots with the, with the, the moves that they made when, you know, there's a, there's a good amount of teams that, that got better. I think. I mean, they added Covington and they add a 100% use of Nurkic. That's, I mean, yeah, Nurkic is going to be good. I, I you know, he, I think, I think you asked, you know, most people, that's, that's a huge boost. He looked a, great in the bubble. How many games did he play? A full off season healthy. I still don't think that we've seen the best of Yusuf Nurkic yet. And I'm hoping that that's something that's going to happen next season. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm caught up in Damian Lillard. I recently made the, the parallel to uh, Russell Wilson of the NFL 
Uh, I just think he's he's consistent, and, and you're going to get what you're going to get, and you know what you got. And I think Dan's going to come out. He's going to drop another 30 points per game this year, and the roster they've built around him is, is complimentary. Um, as long as everybody's healthy, and if they can add Zach Collins, we're going to be talking about Portland a lot differently three or four months from now. What about Simons? I hate Simons. He's, he's Alonzo Trier to point out. <laughs> All right. Let me, uh, let, me, let me move on with mine here. This is my second to last take here, and it's probably one of the ones I'm most certain about. I do think you guys – I don't know if you guys will push back a little bit on this or be like, ah, come on, but I don't care. I, I, I just don't like this team. Um, and I don't I, – I, I think they're going to take a dive. This is my take. Um, I actually think the Eastern Conference got a little bit better this offseason. Um, I do think that the addition of Russell Westbrook means that the Washington Wizards will be one of the eight teams in the playoffs this year. Um, I also like um, – God, who is the other – I do like the Atlanta Hawks also to be in the playoffs this year. Um, on, you know, I know Colin disagrees. The team that I see falling – is the Indiana Pacers. I do not see them making the playoffs this year. Um, I think there's going to be a lot made of Victor Oladipo's position, happiness, disposition, you know, uh, contentment, whatever you want to call it, with the team. Um, they made a coaching hire in the offseason in theory to improve the offense by plucking one of the assistants from Nick Nurse. So now we get to talk about a Nick Nurse coaching tree. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I still think that this team needs to figure out what they want to do with the pairing of uh, Demata Sabonis and Miles Turner. Um, there are some people, you know, obviously Sabonis has developed more. Um, He's a playmaker. He's not a good defender, but he's a playmaker and he definitely gets his own shot. Uh, and whatever previous coach, Nate McMillan, his attempts to make Miles Turner a, a, a guy that can stretch the floor and be a rim runner did not work. He, he didn't shoot well. Um, I love I love Brogdon. You know, I do like Oladipo. I like Aaron Holiday. There's pieces there that I like, but I just feel like when your best player has got kind of this cloud hanging above you and we're unsure of how he's going to respond from this injury, which is a pretty serious one. I could see the Pacers falling hard and fast. Uh, Jeff, I went through the same exercise. Uh, a part of my Atlanta Hawks aren't going to make the playoffs is that I'm a firm believer the Washington Wizards will. Uh, that's, that's a big piece there. And then when I was chalking out teams to, you know, who's a guaranteed, who's, who's a, a bridge playoff team, I kept coming back to the Magic and the Pacers. I ultimately said that the Magic will fall off as opposed to the Pacers, but I can't be mad at your take. But it's got to uh, be two columns. It's got to be two teams, though, right? Why is that? Because if um, – Remind me. Oh, wait, no, but you don't have, you don't have Atlanta in. That's why. I don't. Yeah, no, that's why. That's I don't. Why. Never mind. Never mind. I've got everybody from last year. Besides the Magic. Fans Orlando. Yeah. I understand. Pushing, I got you. Uh, pushing the Wizards. Uh, 
I also don't think that Oladipo is the Pacers' best player. I don't think that's a hot take. I think Sabonis is the Pacers' best player right now. Maybe it's a hot take. I don't know. I didn't write this one down. Uh, that's not a hot take. Thank you, Chip. Thank you. Sabonis so was an all-star last year. <laughs> he was an all-star. Yeah. Yeah, Oladipo also suffered an incredible injury, so I'm not discounting that. Uh, I just think, you know, ceiling-wise, I do think that Sabonis is their best player. I'm pissed that the Celtics didn't buy into Miles Turner. I heard that uh, they didn't want to pay the price tag, uh, which is unfortunate because I think he could have done a lot of things for Boston that, that Tristan Thompson won't be able to do. Uh, I can see it. I mean, it's it's one of those worst-case scenario things, you know, where, where the Pacers fall off and completely obliterate. But I think it's more likely that they make it than the Magic. And Chip's not going to like that, so I will turn the mic to him. Yeah, I mean – it, it probably, well, not probably, it definitely is more likely that the Pacers make it than the Orlando Magic. But that's a great lead-in because my next take involves the Orlando Magic. And it's kind of a future take, actually, because it involves Aaron Gordon and whatever team he plays on next. And I know yeah. everyone w- wants to hear about Aaron Gordon. So go Are ahead. Who's going to make the playoffs? That's what we're asking you, Chip. Ah, who cares? I mean, compared to Aaron Gordon, is that really important? Fine. Yes, they're going to make the playoffs. Fine. Okay. Thank you. We need to have yeah. like, there's only three of us. So we need, it needs to be a 2-1 in some way or another. Yes, the Pacers are going to make the playoffs. All right. Thank you. The Pacers are going to make the playoffs. All right. Um, and also, I think contract year Victor Oladipo, I think he's going to play really well. I think if he's healthy, he'll be really, really good. And he, even when he was healthy, he's looked awful this, uh, the past two years. He looked really bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you take away those 75 games in uh, 17, 18, he's been an above average NBA player. Not a bad player or anything, but he's, but he's averaged 17 points per game for his career. You take away those that one year, he's a 16 point per game player. But I think this year he's going to come back and be really good because it's his contract year. And some team is going to really stupidly overpay him and cross your fingers and hope it's not the Knicks because I don't think it will be. But he is CAA. Thank God he didn't go to Kentucky. Um, yeah, if you, if yeah. you got both of them. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be, yeah, it'd be a wash. Uh, my next take is Aaron Gordon related, though. Uh, and I think whatever team he ends up on next, he'll be an all-star. That's my take about Aaron Gordon. At least, at least once, maybe twice. Because everything, yeah, everything I read about Aaron Gordon, scouts takes on him, executives, they all say he's being misused there, and it's obviously mostly his own fault. He's He plays so smart at times, and then at times, more often than not, he plays stupid. He acts like he's a superstar and takes dumb shots, and he plays outside of himself. And I just feel like if he ends up in the right situation – he would be – he's an all-time if he ends up in the right situation guy. I feel like I said that about Aaron Gordon all the time. So, but if he, South, Southeast Julius Randle, is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. No, he's not Julius Randle. Because, you know, I, I brought him up on Twitter once, and uh, Alex Collins and Chris Percyinen said the exact same thing and compared him to Julius Randle. He's not Julius Randle. He has I way more potential. Because he's not. He's incredibly more athletic. Yeah. And he's uh, 10 times the defender Julius Randle is. And Julius Randle can't pass like him either. It's just... I think, Chip, you can't make the claim. Give me your top two Aaron Gordon teams right now. Obviously, the Spurs would be fucking perfect. 
if he ended up on a team like the Spurs. And the Spurs need to trade for young guys. That would be yeah, amazing for him. Hopefully without LMA, though. Yeah, no, exactly. I wouldn't like him next to LMA. Well, that would, be, that would be the trade. Would oh, be Because okay. the, the Magic, yeah, the Magic could use... The Magic need a sixth big man. That's, yeah. Yeah, it would be perfect for them. Bamba, Isaac. Yeah, yeah. No, no. the... the going. Bamba is gone. Yeah. As much as I hate to admit it. Brooklyn. Yeah, it's, it's a pain of existence. Give me your second team, Chip. Because I don't think we're thinking on the same airwaves. I'd be interested. Per- the perfect... Not even perfect. perfect. But a place that you know he's going to be used better than he is in Orlando. You're expecting him to take a leap. Take a leap. I anticipate there's probably five teams we can name. I just want you to give me one more other than the Spurs. Mm. It doesn't have to be the all-star team. I just... Tell me some. I mean, the Spurs. Be Spurs is a bad. The Spurs would be a perfect fit. It's a bad for the All Star team because it'd be Western Conference. Right. So Eastern exactly. Conference. Eastern Conference. I'll say Raptors would be great, of course, because they're the Raptors. And how do you play him next to Siakam? I think you can play. You play him at the four. You play Siakam at the five. You don't think you can do that? I don't like Siakam at small ball five at all. No. But maybe that's just my inner, you know resistance to agree with you i don't know yeah probably and my uh, inner resistance to agree with you flipped me hard towards the hawks being a top four seed in the east <laughs> earlier today <laughs> so quick my aaron gordon team was minnesota i think he'd be great oh god no what are you doing? i think that'd be okay no you're just doing that to piss me off right no i've, I've got it on paper it's on multiple publications <laughs> wait, but they both wait. How is well, Gordon? Oh, team? that's right. I did read that. Didn't you say heat too? I did not say heat. No, I don't think I would have. You said that. heat for him. You did say that for. Uh, I may have explored it to, in, in regards to a rumor, but confidently on paper, I've only ever said that I think the Timberwolves would be a great fit for him. The Brooklyn Nets thing would crush me because then uh, I couldn't root. Uh, for, then yeah. I couldn't root for him. Too much. Jeff, is it my turn? It is your turn. This is my last one. I'm bowing out. Uh, it, it's the most spicy. Uh, we're oh, going to be. Colin, let, let's leave it for the last then. Or one of you, you and Chip for the last, because you know what? Mine, I, I love this take. It sounds like Jeff, you need to go. So why don't you just go? All right. All right. Uh, let me, let me, let me get it out here. So um, Colin and I were talking before we started recording. I'm a big Obi Toppin guy. I think the Knicks got, um, one of the top three best guys in this draft. Um, that being said, my pick for who will win rookie of the year is going to be Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm going to explain why. Um, the Kings let Bogdan Bogdanovich walk um, for reasons unknown. Um, Buddy Heald is there, but Everything I've been reading out of King's training camp, besides the fact that Jabari Parker actually looks good again, which could I've be- heard that as well, and I'm paying close attention. Yes, I think uh, I think we all will be. Um, We've been hearing I- that since he was at fucking Duke. Don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is this, so and and I'll go back to the conversation that Chip and I had with um, uh, Cole Christian. You know, great great uh, video coordinator over at Iowa State. Talked to us uh, for a long time about Tyrese. Um, he didn't say this. I mean, he, he, he essentially said that he could play wherever, whether he's the off ball guard or the guy that dominates the ball, but 
in watching the tape, you get the feeling that being next to a guy that is so fast, that can break down the defense, so dynamic like a De'Aaron Fox, him as a secondary playmaker, uh, he's, he's an elite decision maker, a quick decision maker, a really good um, catch and shoot threat. I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be really, really, really good, um, especially early on. And it might even prompt the Kings to move away, um, move quicker on these trade deals that are being rumored about Buddy Heald, um, whether that's going to be closer to happening or not. Uh, Nick. I just, I just believe that, that this guy is going to be pretty special and uh, I think he's going to win rookie of the year. I think so too. I think he'll win rookie of the year too. Wow. Yeah. This is interesting. This is likes him. It's after we did that pod, Chip was like, you know what? He was like, I think Chip still had Killian first, but I think he, he had Tyrese move up way higher after Killian. That. Killian is my rookie of the year. He's Killian's going to be that's, great. that's who I'm gambling on. I think they could be one and two. Yeah. But, but yeah, also, I, I don't think Obi will get enough. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Chip, 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 please. I, I just, well, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it is my show. Um, <laughs> Kill, Killian and Tyrese Halliburton uh, are going to get more opportunities than Obi Toppin. So, I just think that that's they're going to put up more numbers because of that, don't you? I mean, R.J. Barrett is going to be. You're make Collins making a face now. So, what what makes you say that? What makes you say Obi Toppin's going to get more opportunity now? But you're assuming Julius Randle is going to get traded. Neither. I just think you think a team with Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, if they keep Alec Burks. Obi Toppin's going to get more opportunities than a Killian Hayes and Tyrese Halliburton. I'm talking about second place for rookie of the year at this point. Oh, second place you're talking about. But because you said it, now I have to respond. I don't see a world where Obi doesn't get more opportunities than every rookie in this entire draft class, not named LaMelo. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Score? Where? Where is it that you guys see his fit on the Knicks? I'm confused. Well, the thing is this, dude. In in an ideal world, I want Obi the starting four opening night. I just don't think it's as do I. And we've talked about it. It probably won't happen. But oh, but that's that's why I I really don't think. I think I think especially listen, and and this also kind of fits into an argument about whether Tibbs has adapted and changed or not. But I just, I just think if Obi is as bad on the defensive end as we've heard and as we've seen on tape, I do think Tibbs will be bring him along slowly on that end. And you even heard Obi in the first couple of training camp videos. He said, coach is going to put me in positions where I can be successful. I think initially that's going to be second unit coming off the bench, feasting on second units in transition and not having to guard really, really talented players, you know, getting switched out onto the perimeter and stuff like that. So I just, I see personally, I don't see him getting the opportunities that, that Killian and Tyrese are going to get. I think, I think the Kings, Kings want Tyrese to be the starter on day one. I don't know on in the starting two guard. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I don't honestly, man, like I listen, I would love for Obi to get these opportunities, but I don't I don't think he's gonna get the big opportunities that that you're saying he will. 
early you don't on. You think Killian's going to start at point guard for the Pistons? They already announced. Oh, no, I do. He I do. Yeah. Okay. I thought I may have misheard you. Uh, yeah. I mean, first two weeks, first three weeks. Who cares? Everybody's feeling things out. I think what will inevitably happen is that Toppin is going to score the way that people are saying he can score, and that's going to take over any you know reservations, fibs, and, and anyone else has about defense. It's going to be and and Chip. I think it's. I don't want to say hilarious. That almost seems like I'm trying to be mean. It's comical that you bring up Alec Burks. I was just talking to Jeff before we started filming. I don't even know if he's in New York. I don't know if he's at the training facility. Like no one is talking about this guy at all. To mention him in a starting lineup or in any lineup to where he's going to be getting more feed than Obi. That's, that's very interesting to me. Uh, it may start in the second unit, sure, but I think Obi's going to end the season getting exactly what he wants and, and what he needs to be productive, you know, only only behind R.J. Barrett in priority. Do you think a rookie is going to get exactly what he wants and what he needs on a Tom Thibodeau team? For the yeah. That would be a first. That would Chip, be a first. What team are we talking about? Do me a favor. Read my shirt real quick. It says It says 13, and on the back it says Noah. Yeah, it says New York, firstly. But, yeah, good call. Way to air me out. Um, yeah, I know. Hey, Thibs is a hard ass. I get it. But when's the last time he has had to head coach a team as devoid of win-now talent as the Knicks are right now? I think there's an appealing side to, hey, I know that OB can go out and get me 15, 18, even if it's inefficiently every night. Um you need that kind of scoring punch in your starting lineup. I think three weeks in, Obi will be a starter if he's not a starter on opening night. I think Thibodeau is losing sleep over this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a dice roll. I just – I've got Obi as my runner-up for rookie of the year. Behind – winning. Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Halliburton third? I don't have Halliburton anywhere. It's the Kings. How do I know they're even going to play? Wow. Okay. Jeff, what are they going to play? 10 minutes a game? It's the Kings. I mean, we'll see, dude. We'll certainly see. But, All right. Uh, your, your spiciness is, is up. What was Chip's take? Oh, yeah. Let me do my last one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm Mine's sure it's, gonna, not as, it's not as spicy as Collins. But, I'm going to touch tongues. So yeah. Jeff, go ahead. Jeff, uh, Jeff did his MVP pick earlier so let me get I did mine, mine as well finalist but yeah 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 my uh my mvp pick is uh joel Embiid. i think Embiid's gonna have a monster year i and think that's a really hot take is it really i think it is because dude he can never stay healthy hmm. holy hell i don't know i guess it's a hot, hot take you, you put please talk please make sense yeah. of the words you're saying <laughs> I think you put shooters around him again. He has a roster around him again that makes sense. Like, look at his efficiency when he was playing with the J.J. Redick Sixers. It's crazy high numbers. Like, in 18-19, uh, they were plus 8.9 points per 100 possessions. And the numbers were even better in 17-18. So, I think Embiid with shooters, the numbers are going to be absolutely insane. And... 
I, I think it's a weird short season, but I really like, I'm a big fan of Joel Embiid. So I have a lot of confidence that he's eventually going to put it all together. And with Doc Rivers, I think that's going to be a huge help for him. Uh, I love, we talked earlier about the Seth Curry signing. I love that. I love Danny Green being there. I like that Tobias Harris is going to be able to move back to the four because uh, Al Horford isn't there anymore. It's true. I think they're going to be really improved. And they could be, if not the one seed, the two seed. So I think the one seed's probably a little high. Yeah, I think Milwaukee will probably still cruise and do their regular season thing. They're going to be the reg- the new regular season Raptors probably. But I-, I like them to finish in the top three. Yeah, And I like Embiid to win MVP. I did not think that you guys were going to think that was as hot a take as uh, you guys think it is. But yeah, I think Embiid's going to put up monster numbers. I really do. That's interesting. Chip, my only question, and then I'm just going to pass it to Jeff. Are you aware that Ben Simmons still plays for the Philadelphia 76ers? Is that a bad thing? For Joel Embiid's MVP case, I would say it is. I passed the mic. Why is it why why is it a bad thing for him? You, why what do changed? people always act like they don't play well together? They do, but has Embiid ever been an MVP candidate before? I feel like has he ever not like I he's don't know. He's never I, been an MVP candidate. So I'm trying to figure well, he's out. He's never why. been an MVP. He's never been an MVP candidate, but he's also never been coached by a great coach before. I think you're overvaluing what 80, 100-year-old Doc Rivers is. Oh, God. 100-year-old <laughs> Doc Rivers. I just Look, I like the take. It's the Eastern Conference, and B could have his way with anybody. I get it. I just – I don't get it. I don't but, – but I don't get why having Simmons hurts his MVP case. If you would have said that Simmons was leaving and they were bringing back, you know, another – like an actual natural point guard with a shooter, it would make a lot more sense to me. I just – They've already come out and said, hey, Simmons is going to play point guard again. I don't see where that coincides with an MVP and B campaign. I think it's more so for me, it's just the health piece. I think Joel Embiid is is MVP material. Um, I mean, remember there was two seasons ago where they were talking about him on on defensive player of the year ballots. Like, and, you know – there's no questioning his talent and like his analytics always pop. It's just health. That's the, the, the only reason I think it's a hot take is because I don't know if he'll play 45 games this year. You know, the reason yeah. it's a hot take is because people think he's an idiot and people don't like him. Well, I love him. I, I wish he was yeah, on the Knicks. I, I mean, yeah, I mean for, for me, that has nothing to do with it. Like I, I, I would never, I don't care what he says on Twitter and I don't care whatever, you know, soundbite he has with the media but it, it's it's just for me if it, it's all about whether he's going to play 45 games or not that's kind of yeah he hey, for reference jeff i've actually got the numbers loaded up this time he played 51 last season he played 64 the year before that which is the most games he's ever played which is actually pretty good 64 is pretty good but not for an mvp candidate that's 18 games in this regard it'd be eight games missed but then you have to ratio it so yeah. Chip, I don't hate it. I just – that hit me in the back of the throat. <laughs> okay, I saved it for last for a reason, I guess. But right. I honestly did not think you guys were going to think it was – I'll have to look up what his odds are. Okay, uh, so yeah, so this is perfect opportunity. 
We did look the Trey Young thing. Jeff, percentage. Joel Embiid wins MVP this year. Me? Yeah. What's the percentage? Oh, I mean, I'm going to say 25. Yeah. I give him like 18, 20 probably. Yeah. I mean, the 76ers will most likely be a top 10 team in the NBA. So he's got that going for him, you know, assuredly. But aside from some, you know, Shaquille O'Neal level performance, I just don't see it happening. He's 25 to one here. Yeah, that's not bad. We were kind of on the money. Jeff, good for okay. you. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, all right. We uh, Colin One take. One take to rule them all. One take. And this is – it's it's yeah. almost like I planned it. I promise I didn't. I need a head scratcher. I need a face palm. I want to walk away from the computer, Colin. Mm. James Harden will finish this season as a Houston Rocket. All right. I, I actually – I that is a hot take for sure. But I um, – well, let me, let me let you talk on that. The biggest domino for me is that he showed up. He was out partying with a rapper in Las little, Vegas. Lil Baby, I believe. Lil Baby. Yeah, I'm it's not very It's been quite a week for him, by the way, if, if anyone follows social media. It, for Harden or Lil Baby? Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. What was Lil Baby's week like? Because I'm actually not familiar. So, um, basically, <laughs> he got caught. Well, we don't know. But there was a an adult film star that right. essentially said that he cheated on his either girl or, or whatever with her. Then people pushed back on it. They said it wasn't true. Then she brought out the DMs to show that they were in contact. Um, so little baby and his, and his girl, or I don't know if they've broken up since, or it, it, it's not a great week for him. And this all yeah. happened while he was partying with Harden? Yep. I believe so, yes. Harden was partying. No pun intended, so hard that Houston came back at him and said, You have to test negative and six straight COVID tests. Do you know how many it's actually possible that he may end up taking? He may end up taking like 30 COVID tests before yeah. he gets on the floor. Right. And it's trade value wise, not related, but the league landscape, nobody. Nobody has got the package that is necessary to bring him in and that Houston is willing to part with right now with two years on his deal. What about the Thunder? Uh, I mean, the Thunder, yeah, but I just – it'd be a hotter take to say that the Thunder are going to trade for him, and I, and I thought about it, but Great. I can't imagine why they would do that. I don't, yeah. but, well, Philly can get him. They just have to bring in a third team. yeah. I don't know. What? Simmons, where does where does Simmons fit on the Rockets if you trade him for James Harden? Oh, but I don't think they're going to include Simmons. That's interesting. So yeah. let me just two seconds. Yeah, and then and then free frenzy. On the last podcast, I said that if they didn't get to the Western Conference Finals or if they got embarrassed, the Houston Rockets would break it all up, and we assumed all three of us almost simultaneously that James Harden would be traded. And I said, you know what? I said, 
Russell Westbrook will have to wait out the year, maybe a year and a half with whatever's left and the pieces that come over from the James Harden trade. Vice versa, they've traded Russell Westbrook. They are not going to trade James Harden as well now. They're going to, at a minimum, play him till the uh, trade deadline. And it's it was – I'm going to say it was Chip that said made a comment about trading James Harden and Russell Westbrook in the same offseason and just how unlikely it was. And I'm calling upon that now because it is. It's incredibly unlikely, mostly because it supports my point. Uh, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, these are all pieces that can work with James Harden. Uh, give, him, give him one more season, and then when he's got a year left on his contract, he can be as much of an asshole as he wants. And I'm not saying he's not going to be an asshole this season. I think that it'll be an Anthony Davis situation is the best way that I could compare it to, where he was missing random games where none of us have doubt that he could have gone out and dropped 25 and 12 um, in his last season with the Pelicans. Uh, I think more likely than not, Bertitta, as much as he is cheap, he is stubborn and he has put his foot in the ground and he has said, this is what I will take for James Harden right now. That doesn't mean that a year from now his offer won't change, but if he's got a line in the sand, he seems like the kind of guy that would maintain that. And I think that James Harden will be a Houston Rocket until the end of the season. I'm not predicting how many games he'll play. I'm not saying he'll be an all-star. I just, I don't see him getting out of Houston. I compared him to Jimmy earlier in his antics in Minnesota. I don't even think that would get him out of Houston right now. Everybody knows he wants to go to Brooklyn, potentially Philly. Brooklyn doesn't have the package. Everybody's questioning what's so wrong about the Brooklyn package. It's pending free agents and picks that have a 50-50 shot of sucking or be glorious. I don't and Karis LeVert's 26 with a long Karis injury Levert history. Is 26. I wouldn't call that a franchise cornerstone. Uh, I think he will be a rocket until the end of the year. And I thought this through before I put it on paper. I think he will be a rocket. I wrote it in red. I colored the font red because this is my hot take tonight. He will be a rocket when the season end next year. I, I actually agree, Colin. Like, yeah. um, so I'm totally on board with this. And the reason I think you brought up the Pelicans, um, you know, I think, the the Rockets are maybe potentially going to wait. And with a loaded draft class coming up, who is going to get the number one pick? And maybe that is a team that is also going to have an abundance of assets, maybe young players as well, that can be in a position to entice Houston to trade James Harden. If I'm Houston, the question is, how petty do they want to be? Like, they said, we're willing to make this uncomfortable. Okay, like, how uncomfortable? If Harden starts, you know, saying, oh, I have a migraine, like, I'm not playing. I know that the NBA just came out with uh, a non-resting players policy or something like that. But I wonder, really, how uncomfortable they're willing to be, because I'm not going to lie, and I know – we're in the age of player empowerment, and I'm a player empowerment guy. But if I'm Tillman Fertitta, I'm not trading Harden, and I'm not trading him until I find a team that is going to give me, at the minimum, five first-rounders, something nice, and one of those first-rounders 
has got to be a damn, damn, damn good pick in a loaded draft like the one that's coming up. So until I find that, he's going to be an employee of the Houston Rockets until otherwise. He's going to hang out. The problem is the longer you wait, the more you hurt yourself in negotiations, I feel like. Because the more you have a chance of him hurting his own trade value by doing something publicly and his agent doing something and like the situation in Cleveland with Kyrie, Zach Lowe was talking about that, how Kyrie and his agent threatened to have surgery or something like that. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, something like that. That is incredible. Yeah. 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 Or like Porzingis and his brother threatened to, to whatever they did with the qualifying offer and going back to Europe or whatever bullshit they pulled. Um, Houston has, kissed Harden's ass his entire career and done whatever the hell he wanted. And this is the blowback they get for that. They've done everything he, he always wanted. Yeah. He and him too. You know what And I'm it's just weird. This entire thing to the whole Kyrie thing though. You know what I'm going to say? And again, I'm going to reference, you know, one of my favorite pods, Jalen Jacoby, Jalen Rose always famously said, and it was, it was about this particular topic. He was like, you know what I'm not doing when I don't need to going under the knife. I'm not getting surgery when I don't need to. So I, you know, listen, is that a tactic that Harden and his team could use? Sure. But I, I just, and I, and I, you're hundred percent right. There's definitely a risk that you run in terms of hurting leverage. I just think that you've got to, no matter when you trade him, you have got to be in a position where multiple teams are bidding for Harden. That is the only way you're going to get the best deal. And if you're only bidding with one team, it's not going to work out well. Like they've got, to me, the Rockets are in such a bad public uh, relations standpoint right now. They've got to get a deal like the Thunder did for PG or the Pelicans did for AD, or else it's a complete and massive failure. Anything besides that? Nobody's desperate enough for that. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that. Is anybody outside of Brooklyn or Philly, like, chomping at the bit to get James Harden right now? You'll find somebody, man. He's too But not right now. And somebody will take a flyer if they think an offer is is credible and, and vindicated. But I can't think of one team right now. I tell you what, my fringe team is the Warriors, but they don't have anything to offer Houston. They have nothing. Would would they really trade him to the Warriors, though? And that's the other thing. Yeah, but I'm saying in terms of the team that's receiving Harden, in that perspective, that's probably the one team that I can look at and say, you know what, they've got nothing to lose. They would say, hell yeah, if the fucking package is right. What about the Milwaukee Bucks? No. No? Too expensive. They've got Holiday and Middleton. That's perfectly fine. Okay. I don't think they'd do it because they wouldn't do Chris Paul. Also, Giannis and James don't like each other. I don't think that's like not a not known thing. Yeah, but that changes real quick. Uh, I'm not. not Kobe hated a bunch of his guys. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not playing with him. Yeah. And, And to Jeff's point about the surgery, and I thought about this earlier, that's why I got this up. Since being named a starter essentially full-time, which is his first year in Houston, Harden has never played less than 68 games. 
In those 68 games, it was one season, and it was last season, which was abbreviated. He is an absolute Iron Man. He couldn't have a procedure done right now if he wanted to. I'm talking manicure, pedicure, whatever. He is in pristine condition for a top five player of the NBA. I just – nobody has leverage in this situation. And the longer that Harden lets it drag on, the larger, longer he puts himself at risk. The same thing with the Rockets and their inevitable compensation. It's – you talk about player empowerment. I think it's a situation that we just – we haven't seen yet as far as, you know, the, the point of view and leverage – and ultimate outcome for both sides. I think this situation is incomparable. I, I mean, I challenge both of you to, to find someone that had the same, you know, two and a half years left on their deal. They've been named MVP. They want to be traded to a team. The deal or the, the trade market is barren. I just, I don't see it. I think the only team I could see taking just, and I mean, you need an extra set of balls to pull this move, would be the Miami Heat. I think that he would be a good fit there uh, just because they could soundly supply him with the cast offensively that would hide so many things that make him a negative on-court value on that side of the ball. And then offensively, they would just let him let it rip. Jimmy doesn't care if he gets five shots a game. Jimmy is there to win the ball game. And the same thing goes for Bam Adebayo, who would inevitably become number one lob target for James Harden. Uh, it's It has been and it is and it will be the most sensible Harden destination for me right now. But I don't see Tillman Fertitta making a deal with Pat Riley before the season starts and most likely not even at the trade deadline. What happens that first time he doesn't qualify for their conditioning program or whatever, though? Because you know that's going to be an issue with them. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't. I don't think it would be an issue. Harden has he parties, you know. But you heard the podcast with with Low and, and McMahon. I'm assuming because you referenced it. Mm-hmm. How many times has he put up 35 when he was hungover? Hungover, after yeah, party? true. You know, I think. To, to be in Miami and in that culture, it would be a slight adjustment, but I don't think it's nothing that he's not used to. Yeah. Harden's woken up somewhere. He hasn't, you know, he wasn't supposed to be, and he's been on the court that night and he's, he's dropped 35 and a win, you know, on a handful of times. I don't think that's nothing that wouldn't, you know, cut the bill in Miami. They, they make the most sense to me, but I just, he, he's going to end the season as a rocket. I'd, I, if there's a prop bet, I'll make it. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, they Brooklyn is not ready, and mostly because Brooklyn isn't ready to have the Kyrie for Harden discussion, and secondly because they haven't seen Kyrie and Katie on the floor together. Uh, you just said you heard the low pod. Low said they're a package deal. That wouldn't work. Kyrie Lowe and said KD. The sense around the league is that they're a package. Deal. Yeah, and again, I'm referencing not now, but six, eight months in the future. Katie and Kyrie come out on the court. And it's like, okay, now we have to rethink things. Oh, maybe. Well, After they yeah, went there it, together and it's it's a shit situation. Paul George joined Westbrook in out in OKC and then he bounced to LA where he always said he was gonna be. You know, it's the NBA. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> I just if I can give my 
my grandor take. It's that James Harden will be number 13 for the Houston Rockets when next season's finals comes to an end. I think, I think it's more likely in six months Houston's asking price lowers significantly. Nah, difference between two and a half years and, and a year and a half is not much. We'll certainly see. Um, I think uh, that's a good place to wrap up for us. Uh, great episode, by the way. Um, really good takes here. I, I know we'll be holding each other accountable as we do as the year goes on. Um, we know it's been a long one. Colin, before we let you go, man, please let all the good people know uh, where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find all your great writing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my writing is uh, purely scribble and BS at this point, but I am affiliated with the Strickland. That's what I would recommend to people. Uh, I somehow lucked into what is one of the best providers of New York Knicks content, especially ahead of this upcoming season. I would recommend you all follow us on Twitter and check the website. Um, We are publishing at a minimum, you know, every other day, and that will only ramp up as the season starts. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Absolutely. And uh, Colin, of course, uh, we will have you on at some point during the season. We will be talking uh, Knicks, general NBA, uh, for whoever will listen. From Chip and I, uh, we hope everybody is staying safe, and we will talk to you soon.